Mission 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Hello, Heather Knight, and welcome to our Rennell Brooks Moon episode, a.k.a. the coldest total SF in history. Yes, I'm glad we're recording this introduction inside in the warmth. That wind was freezing. Yeah, it was like a total one of those deceptive San Francisco days where you look outside and you're like, oh, yeah, T-shirt weather, and then (laughs) never bring enough layers. I didn't bring enough layers. No, Rennell was also cold. Sorry, Rennell. Well, we're warm now. We're recording in our homes, but we met in McLaren Park near Rennell's home. Fabulous part of the city. A little cold. Rennell was a total trooper. Thank you, Rennell. Like she has been for the last year, really, and on multiple fronts. Yeah, she has not only been, of course, her usual job as the announcer at um, the ballpark, even without any fans, even just announcing to cardboard cutouts, but she's also really taking on an, an outfront role in the Black Lives Matter issues on Twitter and just being a real social justice warrior as well. Yeah, I, I feel like she's this upbeat personality. She keeps the party going. That's Rennell. That's what I've been listening to on the radio, you know, since I was much younger. Um, if she sounds depressed... I feel like I know we're in trouble. And I think that's on her shoulders. But there's also this new sense of duty on her shoulders. We talked about her Twitter feed, how she's spoken out, really representing the Giants as as an African-American voice there. And I was wondering if she was going to want to even engage about that stuff that's been on her Twitter feed. But she really wanted to talk about it. She felt like almost like there was a duty to talk about it. Yeah, I think she's felt a real responsibility. She acknowledged there are not a lot of um, black people in the Giants organization right now, and she feels that she's, you know, kind of the face of that and and is happy but also feels responsible to speak out. Yeah, I'm just really grateful that we got to kind of go down that road. And and, uh, I had interviewed Rennell before and gotten her history, and we get a little bit of that here, but we kind of take it to a new level. So I really love this episode. There's also a lot of McLaren Park talk. Shout out Visitation Valley. We hear what it's like to work the PA at Oracle Park without any fans. And she had some optimism for San Francisco, which I really loved. Yeah, it's definitely an uplifting episode. And um, I was so glad that I got to meet her because you interviewed her alone last time and I was very envious. You were super jealous. I remember that. You're going to hear the wind in this episode, but I think it's overpowered by a lot of laughter and the important things on Rennell's mind. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. and welcome back to Total SF in McLaren Park, a very windy McLaren Park, (laughs) but still a beautiful San Francisco day. (laughs) It is, it is. And thank you for having me on again. And Heather, it's so nice to finally meet you. I'm so delighted to meet you. Thank you. So McLaren Park, you chose this spot. What does it mean to you? This is your park? This is my, this is my hood. (laughs) This is my park. Uh, And yeah, before we went on, we were talking about the giant race. Uh, last summer, the virtual race, and I was honored to be the uh, giant race ambassador. And this is where I, you know, did a lot of my walking and training and stuff. So, and when we had our beloved German Shepherd Othello, 
Aww. he loved it. Obviously, he loved it here. And I was telling you that the Jerry Garcia Amphitheater is like free, free for dogs. And they just get out there and they're running and they're just having a blast. So great memories, Tommy and I being here playing with Othello. Oh, yeah. Well, Giants race, we're going to I have a question about that later. But great, great memories for me because the pandemic's hitting. I'm like, am I going to do a virtual 5K? I mean, I guess I am. And then you're on Instagram, like getting everybody fired up. I think you were out here <laughs> in your running gear. And yeah. uh, that, that was a high point. Um, you've been such a positive during this pandemic. Thank you. And yeah. Peter has a bobblehead Renell for doing I'm looking at myself right now, and that's freaking me out. No. <laughs> I'm very jealous. I obviously should have done the race, too, to get mine. We'll, we'll uh, have you do it this year, Heather. Um, <laughs> We're, we're in the middle of this 30-day small business challenge, Heather and I, and it's really making us double down on San Francisco and finding new neighborhoods and new places. Tell us, like, a perfect day in, like, Viz Valley, Excelsior, Portola. Well, I, I work all the time, Peter, so it, my perfect day is at home. <laughs> or on my deck or in the hot tub with the husband. This is a family show. I should, probably shouldn't have said that. But... <laughs> But no, um, we like going to uh, breakfast at Tiffany's, is right down the street on San Bruno. That my husband found that like the second day we moved here, we yeah we moved in on a Friday, and he was like, "I found you some home fried potatoes, and you're going to love them." <laughs> so that's a wonderful spot that we love going to, and um, this Valley, um, the Seven Mile, we go there a lot. It's a nice you know funky little dive situation, but you know I. You, I'm, I've only been a San Franciscan for 22 years only. That only. doesn't even make sense, right? But really, I do. I work all the time. So a perfect day for me is at home with the husband and a good bottle of champagne. But I do get my walk on around here when I when I can. You know, I, I try to get some walks in just to get some good sunshine and, you know, some vitamin C and clear my head out and stuff because... I'm working out at home now because, sadly, my gym closed oh. due to the oh. pandemic. They Forever? Yeah. Oh. It's, it was a family business, and it was just it was so sad. They just couldn't sustain. So I've, I had to get a bike, not a Peloton, an old lady bike because I'm old. <laughs> uh, and uh, my weight's at home, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to pull that together. But I did a lot of, as soon as we were locked on lockdown, I did a lot of walking around the neighborhood. And my husband is, should probably be here because he, ex, he has explored every nook and cranny of this neighborhood because he has the time. <laughs> I do not. Oh. <laughs> What was it like to be back at work last year when the season finally started? And um, what was it like announcing batters in an empty ballpark? Yeah, I've, I've gotten that question so much. Well, first of all, I was just grateful that I still had a job. I was grateful that we actually were going to have a season, albeit, you know, a 60-game season. Um, because, you know, as of, you know, May, we didn't know what was going to happen. And I was just kind of sitting around going, well... What am I gonna do with myself? Uh, I couldn't go work out. You know, I couldn't yeah. do all this. I couldn't go to the spa. All the stuff I would normally try to do. But I was just really grateful that I I, I had a job and and I got so much feedback from our fans on social media um, saying how great it was that we were back and uh, it gave them kind of a distraction and it, and it also gave them a little bit of normalcy that like for three hours. You know, on a Monday or Tuesday night, you could forget about, you know, all that's going on in the world and enjoy Giants baseball. And the team played really well. They really, you know, 
they really exceeded expectations last year, as they're doing this year yes. as well. But so that I felt it was a privilege, really, Heather, that I could give that to the fans, that mm-hmm. we, the crew, not just myself, could give that to the fans, that they could experience, even if they couldn't come to the ballpark on TV and on radio, they could kind of hear the ambiance. But for me as a, as a broadcaster, my broadcasting training really, really served me well last season because when I was doing morning radio, the, the first program director I ever had, he said, you, you must visualize who you're talking to. That's what the best radio DJs do. You visualize your audience, particularly for morning radio. You're talking to a specific group of you know, people getting ready for work, getting the kids ready for school, making breakfast, packing lunches, or they're on the bus, or they're on BART, or they're carpooling. And you want to provide the information and entertainment that that specific audience needs from 6 to 10. So what I did last season was... I visualized having, you know, 40,000 fans there. Yeah, I really did. And the other thing, too, is like, I love what I do so much. I mean, when the microphone comes on, I'm just where I belong. So I just felt a a real privilege and and really, really blessed that... um, that I was able to to provide that for our fans and that I was able to work. And it was so much fun to see the crew, too, because we're all such a family. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't seen each other for so long. Normally, we would have been at Fan Fest and a lot of um, off-season events. So it, And it was like riding a bike. We just got right back <laughs> into our family vibe in the, in the booth. It was, it was, it was awesome. And That's great. Yeah, so it was, it, was a, it was the same, but it was different, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So to make it easier or harder with all those cutouts because I was in there with you Rennell you don't know it but my, my man my, my, my <laughs> wife you. and kids got me a cutout you know honestly I mean I, the only time I really paid attention to them was when I walked in you know to go to work yeah um and I'd see the cardboard cutouts that was the reminder that you know this is a season unlike any other and also I walk in and what really broke my heart was the empty concession stands yeah I mean it looked like a a a horror movie Mm. you know what I mean and it it made me so sad because I've obviously over the two decades I've gotten to know so many of those concession workers and ushers that and many of them got laid off so so I would see the cardboard cutouts and that's a reminder okay this is different and then I would see the empty because I that's part of my routine going to the ballpark hey what's up (laughs) hey hey Rennell you want a slice of pizza nope not doing carbs today but thank you no so um good willpower well, oh God, I know, right? But um, uh, I was much more disciplined then, though, because I was going to the gym all the time. I, I can no longer have a cheat day. Yeah, you know, we, we talked at the last time a lot about your father, uh, pioneering principal, both of your parents, pioneering educators. Your father was the first African-American principal in San Francisco. And I was thinking, like, you know, a good friend of mine, she put her husband, who had passed had a cardboard cutout oh. out of him and I thought it was such a, a beautiful tribute I'm wondering if you, if your dad or your mom might have made an appearance out there if you had thought of that my mother for sure yeah my mother for sure had her cardboard cutout which she now owns it's in her possession now at the house um yeah and it's a picture that I selected from uh, she's 95 she just turned 95 on oh, May wow. 3rd yeah but she's still you know a pistol where does she live down in Menlo Park. Okay. It's still in the childhood home. Wow. Yes, yes. By herself. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's amazing. So she's not able to come to the ballpark as she could, you know, years ago. So I've picked a really great picture of her because she she would come to every game, you know, dolled up in everything. The orange and the black, the black and the orange scarf and boa and the hat and the 
pins on the hat and everything. So I picked out a really, really cool picture that she approved of. And so, Aww. yeah, it was great to have mommy there with Thank me. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. And so fast forwarding to this season, um, what was it like to have fans back? And I don't think it's full capacity yet, but, you know, we're yeah. heading in the right direction. Tell us about the emotions in the ballpark on your first day back this season and behind the scenes and in the stands. I was actually really nervous that day. And I don't really get super nervous, except for like game three of the 2002 World <laughs> Series. I was pretty nervous for that one because that was my first one ever. But I, I was nervous because of all the anticipation and all of the hype leading up to it and how everybody was saying, we can't wait, it's gonna be so emotional. And so I, I wanted to make sure that I delivered you know, my performance well for the pregame ceremony. And um, so I was, re- I was really nervous, but once, you know, once I got that, I remember saying, hi everybody, welcome back. I just went, I'd ad-libbed that. That obviously wasn't in my script. And then everybody went bananas and my heart was racing and I was like, I've never experienced that emotion at the ballpark. I mean, there's been tons of, you know, magnificent moments I've experienced that have been emotional, but having gone through what we just went through, I was really, I was nervous. I was emotional, but I remember, you know, my husband dropped me off and and fans were like, it's so good to see you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's so good to see you. And (laughs) there was so much emotion with that day. And I I didn't want to blow that experience. So I was really nervous. But soon after, um, you know, I got that hi, everybody. Welcome back. And they're roaring and they're excited. And then it's like, okay, it was just amazing. And it was 7,000, but it sounded like 40,000. Does it feel better the more and more fans come back and some of the regulations are removed and things are slowly yeah. coming back to normal? Yeah, it's been great. And, you know, being there for 22 years, I've, I, again, I have made relationships with a lot of season ticket members. And so it was just, it was also very emotional to see them and welcome them back. And, you know, we couldn't high five like we would normally do. But, yeah, it was just, it was just really special. And it still is. But, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing to have their energy back. One guy on Twitter the home day of the home opener said, oh, Rennell's energy is really up. It must really make a difference to have the fans back. I'm like, yeah, dude, it does. Of course. It does. You know, I obviously wasn't projecting as much last season. You know, you, there's a different energy and a different projection of my voice when you have like, you know, a full house mm-hmm. or a quarter of a full house. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm like, yeah, dude, my energy is up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, your Twitter, you mentioned it, has been absolutely fantastic the last year. Thank and, you. And I, I'll tell you, like, if I could take five Twitter personalities to a desert island, you would be one of them. <laughs> because it's a combination of, it, it's a real positive spirit, but you're also speaking a lot of truth And Thank in the you. last year. And I wanted to just ask you about that. I mean, how that evolution has been. I, I know you've always spoken truth, but it seems like on the Twitter recently that, that you're willing to tackle more political things. and, and yeah. yeah, definitely. And thank you for saying that because I don't, listen, the social media is for you young people. I don't understand <laughs> We're it. not that young. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but um, yeah, well, last year I definitely became more vocal. I felt I had a real responsibility to do so, uh, you know, and, and thank you, Peter. As you know, I've been speaking out my whole career, but not so much on, on social media. And um I, I just it just kind of took off. I you know for me um, after George Floyd's murder, uh, you know MLB was the last sport to make a statement, and it took about eight nine days I think, and it that really really bothered me. And I tried to be really patient, 
And then I tweeted out, I was like, okay, I've been trying to be patient with you all. This is the League of Jackie Robinson. Where are you right now? And so I just did that because I was really emotional. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting all these <laughs> interview requests and everything started blowing podcast requests. You know, just I was like, what? I'm just, you know, yeah. like you said, I'm speaking my truth. But um, for me, I really now understand the power of the Twitter machine, <laughs> as Gary Radnich used to call it. Yeah. Yeah. I miss him too, by the way. Shout out Gary Radnich. But I really understood the power of it. And, um, and from then on, I just I just kept going. And another moment that I tweeted about was it was the preseason game um, with Oakland, and that's when Gabe Kapler took the knee, and along with um, some of our players, Yaz, and I call him Yaz. Yeah, that's you know that's I, that's what you do. Uh, Mike Stremski and uh, Pablo and Austin Slater and Mauricio Dubon. Um, and I it just filled. My, I was so emotional to see that. So I tweeted at, at Cap. I call him Cap, as, <laughs> as one does. I want a nickname from you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get you one. Uh, but so I tweeted and I go, what you did tonight, you you will, I don't, I don't remember exactly what I said. But I said, you'll never understand what it meant to me. You brought me to tears. And then again, it's blowing up. And now everybody, you know, MLB's calling and ESPN's calling and everything. And, um, and so from there, I just was like, well, it's on. Yeah. yeah. It, it's on. And, the other thing that I, and again, I've been trying to have these conversations with the Giants since I since I started. No shade being thrown. It's just, yeah. it is what it is, right? I mean, so many companies are having those uncomfortable conversations that many of us people of color have been trying to have yeah. mm-hmm. for so, so many years. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, Peter and Heather, I, they, whether I like it or not, I, you know, I didn't sign up for it, but we don't have a black player. We don't have a black coach. We don't have a black really? in, in wow. upper management. Yeah. And so, you know, whether I like it or not, I, I got to take that on. I got to mm-hmm. I got to be the black, the black face and the black voice of the organization. And so I just continue to speak out on, on social. And I've been having a lot of great conversations with Larry Bear and other executives. And, you know, we got a lot of work to do, but they're really being receptive to what not just myself, but all of our um ERGs of color, particularly our Black Excellence ERG, and um, so we got a lot of work to do. But I've, I'm just, I, I hate that it took this horrific tragedy, mm-hmm. you know, to get the world to start really paying attention to what's really going on. Um, and you know, you mentioned my dad. If my dad were here, my dad would be speaking out, you know. And and there were many times I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, he did. He did speak yeah. out, and he, I mean, in in his time and and yeah. uh and he taught me how to be an activist and there were many i have done so many podcasts on the subject and uh dei webinars and town halls in the last year and there were many times afterwards i told my husband i said i felt my dad's voice Mm. coming out of my mouth you know it's like i felt his arms around me because it it has it is it is still not easy it's a hard thing to do. It's hard to talk about it all the time. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And then, you know, in every day, there's another situation with an unarmed black man, you know, being being murdered by the police. And it's just exhausting to talk about it. But I have to do it. You know, I've always said that this job comes with such a responsibility. In the beginning, obviously, it was about creating more opportunities for women and people of color. 
-hmm. in baseball and being that role model for little girls and young women that I didn't have because this wasn't possible for me as a little girl. Mm -hmm. So, but my activism really stepped up and, and I was fearless last year and that's because of my dad. Yeah. Totally because of my dad. That's great. And I've been getting a really, a lot of support, a lot of support online too. So thanks everybody. Thanks for holding me down. (laughs) Appreciate (laughs) y'all. We'll be right back after this short break. We wanted to ask you about how you're feeling about San Francisco in general. I mean, it's been such a a hard time in the city over the past 14 months. Um, Some good, some bad. We weathered, you know, the COVID better than any other American city in terms of keeping deaths down. Shout out Mayor Breach. Shout out to my girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But lots of people leaving, lots of businesses closing. How are you feeling about your city? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm feeling... Again, I'm, I'm so proud of, of Mayor Breed, whom I've known for a long, long time. And I thought she was very bold with her leadership. And, you know, waking up to the news this morning that there are no COVID hospitalizations at, at General Hospital, right? And, and I was like, well, that's, you know, thank you, San Francisco, for leading, for leading the way. Um, I feel like... Uh, even though you're you're right, you know, businesses closed, a lot of people relocated, but you know, we're we're using the hashtag resilient SF at mm-hmm. the ballpark, and that's totally how I feel. I mean, everybody for the most part um, responded as a community, as you should during this, right? It's it's not political. It's about you know, you are my brother and you are my sister. It's not hard to wear a mask to protect you and each other and for me I'm like that's the most patriotic thing you can do as an American mm-hmm. so I don't understand all this no. all this politicization politiz- say it Heather politicization yes oh god now you're going to get me to say it wrong I know, I know. <laughs> the politics behind Let's it that's that. what I'll say I'm, I'm not sure. even I'm not even trying so. <laughs> I, know. I have been able to pronounce as the English major that I was I do know how to say it but I've never understood that and I've no. been very uh, vocal about that on uh, on Twitter too I did I tweeted I said forgive me but isn't the most patriotic thing you can do ricky schroeder is where is <laughs> wear a mask for your fellow americans but i mean i you know waking up to that news this morning is just a testament to how this city just was very resilient and we we were in this as a community and i'm very proud of this city and i you know getting to june 15th is going to be a glorious, hey, glorious yes. day in San Francisco. I can't wait. I, I think people underestimate the value of this, of, of us following the science. and Because I, I, I think whether it's next year, maybe there's a grocery store workers day at the Giants or a bus driver's day. I hope you're listening, Larry Bear. Um, or 20 years from now, if they're marking, or 50 years from now, if they're marking some anniversary of the pandemic, if you're at a baseball game and that's happening, or if you're at a community center or wherever, you're going to be shoulder to shoulder with people who looked out for you and you looked out for them. And yeah. I think we're going to be able to have that as a value and something to build on for the years to come, something to be proud of and something to maybe help us a little bit as a community to know we did look out for each other. There wasn't a lot of the you know, nonsense about you know, the culture wars or whatever. And, and anyway, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I fully expect, I know we're going to celebrate and we've, uh, we've already done a lot to honor the uh, healthcare workers and, and, and frontline workers. And we're going to continue to do that 
throughout the season. And, um, but I, I, you know, that's what we do in San Francisco too. We, you know, when we, we celebrate, yeah. what city celebrates better than <laughs> us, right? I, and there's I, finally stuff to celebrate. Yes, 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 yes. So we did the Giants race, and we've had your bobblehead, my <laughs> wife Kelly and I, on our desks, just staring at me for I'm the so last sorry. year, you know, to sorry. get me through the pandemic. <laughs> um, what do you think? Is this your first bobblehead? Have there been multiple Rennell bobbleheads? Give me your rating on your bobblehead, because I think this is lit. Yeah, I, she's. The, I mean, well, she's the second one, if I may. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> In two thousand eight, I was the giveaway. My bobblehead was the giveaway for African American Heritage Night, uh, cool. which was a tremendous honor. The the care and the detail and the work that goes into putting these together. Uh, I'm getting the prototype, you know, every day, and they're, they want my feedback, and I, I you know, I, I was like. I had to redo the hair and the, purple <laughs> hair. the glasses. And yeah, I said, I, I, this is what I would normally be running in and everything. And the, the one in 2008, though, the, what was hilarious is the guys that I work with, the young guys that I work with at the time, were, when they would see the prototype, they're like, nope, her ring needs to be bigger. Her earrings <laughs> need to be bigger. And I mean, and they, they completely, um, you know, copied my, my desk in the, in the PA booth. It's, it's amazing what they do, and yeah. thank you, thank you again for supporting. I really appreciate that. Yeah. They did a great job. Yeah, I, I love, I love them both. <laughs> I love them both. Well, now we have a final challenge for you. Uh oh, it's our lightning round. Oh, I love lightning rounds. <laughs> it's like the old game shows <laughs> yes. back in the day that I grew up with. Where is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Um, actually. Shout out to Gonzalez Taqueria on San Bruno. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Okay. Really close to my house and I go nowhere else. I'm like, this is, it's perfect. It's just the way I like it. All nice. of it. And it's not just the burrito. It's the flautas, Ooh. the tamales. Ooh, we got to add that to our list. Yeah, the pescado, the fried fish. Oh, they're fantastic. And <laughs> we ordered from them a lot last year <laughs> because I was eating a lot of carbs, but also we wanted to support yeah. to support yeah. them. And they're just wonderful. They like when I call, they're like, we know chicken flautas, <laughs> chicken nachos. Yeah. So that's my Gonzalez Taqueria. Gonzalez Taqueria. Good one. Yeah. What's your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, that's a hard one. Cause there've been so many. Well, okay. Um, the one with the rock, uh -huh. Because there was a ballpark scene, and I think my voice was in it. What was that? San Andreas. San Andreas. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if my voice was in it. My voice was in an episode of Fuller House. I will say oh my that. Gosh. But <laughs> so many claims to fame. Well, I don't know, Heather. <laughs> but I know, I know the ballpark. There was a great shot of the ballpark. No, in, you in, you yeah. saved the rock in San Andreas. That's Thank what you. We're going <laughs> Thank That's you. What we're going By the way, World Jim, rest in peace, World Jim. He was in town shooting ballers like two years ago, and he was working out at my gym. <laughs> and I lost my you-know-what. Yeah. And I, I, just kept, I just kept following him. I just kept following I mean, I was like, go, and I'd go work out on the machine next to him and everything. And, but I didn't want to bother him because he's like, you know. But I was like, oh, my God. Then Hello. I immediately tweeted that out. The, the you know what they here. do? It's the wrestlers. Because I interviewed John Cena years ago. And he was having a bad day. He, he was not mean to me, but it was a real flat interview. 
And then this throwaway question I asked about, like, well, where do you work out? Are you going to work out while you're in San Francisco? He went on this whole thing about all the wrestlers, because they all have to work out on the road. They know every gym. Mm. They all have their contacts in every city. That makes sense. Because when they were traveling city to city, so Rock probably had used that gym 15 times when he was doing WrestleMania or whatever. Yeah, he looked very familiar there, but I was like, what is happening? What? (laughs) (laughs) I heard a recent interview with Senator Elizabeth Warren, who said she loves ballers and she loves The Rock. And sounds like she has the same feelings about him as you do. I love the senator as well. Shout out Elizabeth <laughs> Warren. But I actually did get to meet The Rock. He, was, he wasn't he was on my show um, working at iHeartMedia because we have several stations there. But he was in to do an interview on another station. But they came down. He came, They brought him down to my studio so I could meet him. So I do have a picture of myself and The Rock. <laughs> nice. If I can find it, I'll send it to you, Peter. Nice. What's nice. your favorite place to get a stiff drink? Mmm. Original Joe's Westlake mm-hmm. makes the best dirty martini Ooh. with extra blue cheese olives. Nice. That's my jam. That's another place I like to frequent for carbs. <laughs> I love me some Original Joe's. <laughs> the carb episode. But I also, have to, I have to also shout out Epic Steak right mm-hmm. down the street from the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Also do great, great dirties. And the French fries at Epic are the best. That's where Hunter and Lexi had their wedding reception. I know. I know. And that's where I had my 60th birthday if I may, you know, drop a little nugget there. Yeah. I think they're basically a sponsor now. (laughs) They need to start paying us. What was your first concert? My first concert was at the Circle Star Theater. Oh, yes. Yes. With Mommy and Daddy and it was Sammy freaking Davis Jr. and Dion Warwick. Wow. Yeah. You win. That might be the best answer we've had in the I don't think we can ask this question anymore (laughs) because Rennell just won it. I think I was like nine or ten. That's amazing. And then I I saw I I went there all the time. Oh yeah. Through childhood, high school, college. But I had a I had a lot of daddy daughter dates at Circle Star. Uh And one that I remember the most was Stevie Wonder and the Supremes without Diana. This is she had, she had left, but Stevie was the headliner, and I re, I remember that I had on white go-go boots. That was probably like nineteen sixty-nine, seventy or wow. something. But yeah, that was that was a good one. I saw everybody there: Luther Vandross. And it was such a random lineup too. One day, totally. one day it would be like Gallagher, the comedian, right. and the next day <laughs> it would be like you know. Al Green coming yeah. to town. I mean, it never made sense, except except it made perfect sense. Except it did, yes. You know, yes, yeah. and that little nugget, you know, hidden away in San Carlos was fabulous. <laughs> yeah. What was the last book you read? Oh, it's been a while. What was the last book I read? Oh, I can't remember the name of it. it was, wait a minute. It's Ginger Z's book. Oh, Is it Natural Disaster? Catchy, like, yes. Oh, and what? Jeez. Natural Disaster? Yes, natural disaster about her mental health struggles. But geez, uh, Michelle Obama becoming. Oh yeah, okay. I love that book. Hello, roadblock in the head right there. <laughs> I just did a Girl Scout event with. Well, I didn't do. I was, I was a part of it, but she was the because uh, she's written. She's rewritten it for younger readers now, and so the Girl Scouts of Northern California. Shout out also former Girl Scout. I'm very active with them, and there was a wonderful event where she, like six 
girl, young Girl Scouts got to interview her. It was fantastic. So, And yeah. I know that you are on um, a new announcement for Muni. You're one of the local I, luminaries. Thank you for tweeting that out. <laughs> I was like, what? Do you know which which line should we ride to hear Renelle? I don't know. Oh, it, it could just be on any of them. It sounds like they didn't tell you this. <laughs> I, I know it's it sounds just, like they didn't tell you this. It's, no, it, Oh, okay. No, they didn't tell me which line I was going to be on. What did but you say on it? I said, uh, hey, hey, San Francisco, it's your girl, Renelle, the voice of the Giants. Welcome back to Muni. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to write it just to hear that. I was like, what is happening in my life right now? How did that happen? Jeez. I also think you're the, our first guest to wear a World Series ring. Well, I didn't know if you noticed or not. Well, it's hard not to. <laughs> So how often do you wear this? Is it an everyday piece of jewelry? No, 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 no. It's for a special occasion such as this and uh, events that I host. And I'm I'm doing um, a little bit of TV on the post game show this season. So I, in fact, I wore I did a hit Friday night, was it? And I wore it. And Greg Papa was saying which George Contos had his on. And Greg Papa was saying which one do you wear? Because it's ridiculous that I have three. And I'm like, it's 2014, and, and George Connell's is like, yeah, that's it's the biggest and the blingiest. You got to go with that one. Yeah, this is incredible. It just and this is actually from the All Star Game that we hosted in 2007. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. I didn't Two bobbleheads, three World Series. <laughs> what is happening in my life right? Now? I don't even understand stuff. how any of this has happened. I didn't even understand how I got on the radio, so I could have never imagined any of this, wow. right? Well, last question: What is one thing you always squeeze into your busy day? Um, a phone call to mother, Aww. and I'm trying to get back into meditating every morning. Mm-hmm. I haven't been as successful, but that's something that I did. I, got, I had gotten so good at it pre-pandemic, but I need my quiet time, and I need to check in on mother. All three of us, I have two siblings, we all have shifts where we Aww, check in on her. Sweet. But a phone call to mom, meditation, um, and this week it's been, I have got to get my workouts back in. I, I got to get back on track because this is absolutely ridiculous. I can't go on. I have so many fabulous orange dresses that I cannot fit into anymore. I think we're all in that position. So. Oh, God. It's terrible. So I, this is day five. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I am back. I am back. Meanwhile, I'm wearing this big old coat so no one can see what happened to me last year. Oh, boy. Oh, well, I, I knew we were going to laugh a lot. So uh, you delivered. Um, thank you so much. Oh, good. The last year. It's been... You, You've been a you've been a light, and at a time that we, that we needed it. And uh, we are podcasting. We are yes, podcasting. We are. Yay. Yay. Yay, podcast! And this is I what I love about McLaren Park. I want to hear a few more people talking about the Dodgers Padres rivalry. That's all we heard during the offseason. Oh, it's two best teams. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's fine. Go ahead and do that. <laughs> we've, we've been counted out in every World Series that we've been in, so that's fine. That's fine. My dudes are crushing it right now. I'm so excited. I'm ready, I'm ready to go right now. Let's we'll go. go. Giants. And uh, thank you for coming on Total Thank you for coming on Thank you for having me. And Heather, again, it's so nice to meet so you. So nice to meet you. I was like, Peter, you, we just talked. You, you've heard all these stories already. <laughs> I, I, I said it. I wanted you to come. Oh, okay. No, I appreciate you, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Okay. It's time for closing. The cops, they're all sideways. 
You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to our guest, Rennell Brooks-Moon. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. If you're listening this far, you probably like our podcast. Give us a rating really quickly. Just give us that five-star rating. It would be much appreciated. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash pod.